now listening to the Charity Church Podcast. Well, well, hello once again. It's Pastor Marty and Tommy D. Last week, Tom, I heard that we had been impersonated. That's the rumor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had uh, Grant and Fisher try to introduce themselves as us and... You know, I actually listened to their podcast, and yee, they did a really good job. A really good job. The young bucks have talent. They do, man. Those guys are just loaded with talent. And so, uh, yeah, they were covering the Transformation Conference. And so, but today, you got us old guys back. <laughs> I didn't want to agree with that, but well, yeah, we are the you know, old guys. Relatively speaking, yeah, that's we're, right. we're older than they are. I was in the gym uh, yesterday morning. And so, you know, I'm 52. The guy I work out with is 63. He was talking to a guy that was 73 mm. who works out with the guy who's also 62 or, th- or three, something like that. You were the young whippersnapper. I was the young one. Yeah. And then over here across the room, you know, you've got your 20 somethings over there that are just pulling all kinds of weight around and pushing it around. And age is such a relative term to some degree, but at some point, you just get old by all accounts, right? So true. You know, it's funny you say that about the gym. I was at the gym yesterday and went at a weird time, and I saw somebody that I'm pretty close with, I thought, and um, they're a teenager. I mean, I meet with this person, hang out with this person, communicate, and they were there with a couple of their friends from school. Yeah. You would have thought I had the plague. Yeah. They like, I'm not talking you. to this old uh-huh. fool in front of my friends. I was well, like, you, dang. You cramped their style. That's it. I was definitely. Their style. Yep. Oh, <laughs> well. Be doing it, that. it is what it is. That's it. That's it. Well, here we are anyway. Uh, kicked off a brand new series this week. Um, something about Make It Personal. Make It Personal. Yeah. The title of the series. And, you know, my thoughts behind it were uh, just, I think it's often easy for us humanly speaking, to always just feel like somebody else will do the job, mm-hmm. will do whatever. You know, you're driving down the road and something's in the middle of the road and you go around it thinking somebody, somebody, needs, to move it. somebody needs to pick that up, yeah. you know, a piece of paper in the yard. Somebody needs to move that, you know, somebody needs a to throw that away. A couple weeks ago, there was a couch on 85. <laughs> so... Well, that was mine. Did you move it? <laughs> no, Somebody moved it because I got a phone call warning me about it. And by the time I got there, it was on the shoulder. But okay. the person calling me warning it yeah. did what you said. They just rode, rode around it. Right. And so taking that to ministry, the, the overall idea of this was just there's a lot of ministry to be done. There's, And we're going to talk about that from this past week and then the next two weeks. But more Christians need to understand that it is a personal commission that God has given the church and we as believers are a part of the church so it needs to be personal you and I both know that there is always a segment of the population of Christianity that feels like sitting on the pew or sitting in the chair is like their spiritual gift right yeah, that's exactly right and <laughs> mission accomplished if yeah. they show up and they sit there and they leave then they did their duty as a good Christian that yeah. week and that I'm is glad not I, what we're called to. I'm glad not everyone feels that way. Amen, right? brother. Glad we've got a, a great team of people around charity that that do serve. They do they do make it personal. And uh, the last past, this past week, I, this kind of came to me that morning. Was how do we 
What's a good example of someone making something personal? And I was just thinking about, you know, your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, we've raised kids, and, and isn't it neat to see that take place? It is. When you were talking about electric bills and things like that, <clears throat> last night I was doing premarital counseling with a couple, and they both, recent college grads, they each have their own place right now, and they were talking about, I just don't understand why electricity is so expensive. And I immediately (laughs) thought to your sermon and just couldn't help but chuckle. So true. Uh, One thing that I didn't say um, that that is holds true in the church is like when you, if you've ever brought a guest to church, Hmm. you, you filter everything through the lens of your guest. Mm -hmm. My wife had a, a coworker that showed up to the worthy women's conference the other night. And the whole time she's just thinking, I hope she enjoys it. I hope she right. enjoys it, which obviously she did. But but you just tend to think of things because when you have someone that you want them to love the church or love an experience, then you tend to look at it and you make it a little bit more personal. Mm-hmm. You'll notice if there's someone not getting spoken to. You'll notice if there's trash on the, trash on, the yeah. on the yard or whatever. Yeah, so uh, making things personal, it... it it's a great um, discipline to have. It really is. Well, your first <clears throat> first point was when you sign up for the kingdom of God, and this is just changing our perspective because we've got to have a, a new perspective. When you sign up for the kingdom of God, you're saying goodbye to the kingdom of men. Yeah. And you, <clears throat> you looked at an example um, of Jesus having an encounter, and the one person wanted to— you know, make sure that their finances were yeah. set up and so that they'd be financially secure before they followed them. The next example, the person wanted to, you know, maybe just dabble in their social environment a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just curious, you know, when you were preaching, like what is it that you, and you even alluded to this, we all have something yeah. in our lives. Oh, yeah, Like absolutely. what's that biggest, what was the biggest struggle for you? I know you started early. Yeah. I did, and probably uh, there's always. I, I feel like for me, because I did. I, I mean, I got went right out of high school, right to Bible college. Have been in ministry pretty much my entire adult life, um, with the exception of a brief stint in the car business. Right. And I think that during that period of time was when I really often said, "What if I wasn't in this vocationally full time?" How successful would I be, you know, mm-hmm. in the corporate world? Mm-hmm. And I sold cars and I was pretty successful at it. You know, in the brief time that I was there, I had moved up the ranks pretty, uh, you know, pretty well. And they had, they had me as an assistant manager. I was driving a demo car home and uh, BMWs, you know, yeah. and, and I was used as a closer. And so... I was doing pretty well, but but at some point along the way, you were. I got to the place where I was going. The money's great. It was. I made more money in like three months than I'd made an entire year right. in ministry. Okay, mm-hmm. so the money was great, but it was empty. But it was there was an emptiness to it because there was just a calling, mm-hmm. an urgency that was on my life, and so I would say that. For me, it would be the, that financial thing where you would go, what the, if? The what ifs. The what if. Yeah. What if. Yeah. But we know that it's eternal, that That's we're right. really 
no matter what you do, whether you're in full-time vocational ministry or you're outside of that in the corporate world um, or stay-at-home mom or whatever the case may be, it's all about kingdom work, you know? And so what Jesus was calling these early followers to was a life of sacrifice, a life of commitment to a greater calling than what they were willing to give up on in, in these these examples here early on. It's a hard thing to, you know, be okay with the thought of you're saying goodbye to the kingdom of men. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't care what it is that has your pull, you know, that's what has your pull to the world. That's hard to realize, but Jesus said, you know, if for whoever loses his life, mm-hmm. will find it. I mean, and, and you'll find true commi- uh, yeah. contentment. You'll so find true. true joy in what it is that you're doing. And But getting to that place, man, that's one of those things I just think is easier said than done. Yeah. How about but, for you? What would be the what would be that thing that would have the, the tug if we we're getting a little bit vulnerable with our uh, listeners? I would say just a couple things. One was success. Um, I feel like I had tasted success kind of like you and – I enjoyed it, you know. You know, you get used to a certain lifestyle, and I thought, well, if I step into ministry, these nice vacations, that that's not going to happen anymore. Uh, not the kind that me and my kids and wife were used to. Um, and I, I feel like I fit in both those categories. Quite frankly, hmm. it was it was a scary thought for me to leave the social aspect. You know, I I enjoyed the social aspect, and hmm. I thought. Am I really willing to commit to not being a party guy? Because um, I, I can love Jesus and still have a good time, but yeah. just I mean, I wrestled with both those things. Hmm. But, but I do feel like on the the back end of that, I understand what he's saying. If you're willing to lose your life, you will find it. Yeah. Because, man, all those things are fleeting. I, I, I do feel like that he's given just God winks is what we call him. You know, when I went back in the business briefly, I remember coming home and just telling Lee, I didn't, it didn't matter how many contracts I signed in a day or how big a commission check. I said, man, this just pales in comparison to making an eternal impact right. on somebody's life. Like Sunday morning oh, after the service. It's amazing. I mean, just like the- no commission check compares to that. Two adult men. Oh. committing their lives to follow Jesus Christ and leading their family that way. Oh. It's just... It, it doesn't get any better. No, there, there's nothing better yeah, than that. Right. You're right. You're, you're exactly right. And I think what, for you and me, where we are as pastors leading people, there's a level of frustration that we get with people who just, they do have their so-called hand to the plow, but they just keep looking over their shoulder. Mm. And you see them, you you know, there's just, you see that tug of war going on between people, between full commitment to what they, what their mouth says they want to do, but yet what their lifestyle reflects, reflects exactly. And man, you just want them to just go, bro, if you would just let go of that, sister, if you would just let go of that that's right, and just be all in all of those other things. I mean, I don't think your social life struggles right now does it not at all i think you're, it looks you're totally a, different you're a social butterfly yeah. and it's just you know it's just uh it's a rewarding social life totally you know? different and hey i would just say like if somebody does have kind of a foot in both and you know they 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 have their hand on the plow for for god and his kingdom but like you said they keep looking back 
Maybe you didn't listen to the message this past weekend, but I encourage you to do so because we were introduced to little Morton the duck. <laughs> and Morton the duck that Mort- got attacked by the bobcat. That's right. And so we get a clear picture. But man, it's so true. Like you said, there are wolves, oh, there are bobcats, there the enemies out there. He is. He's out there to destroy us. And, and well, and can I? What you said, I, I'm telling you, it gave me chills. You're telling you. Used a lot of great humor and and the duck and the the bison and and what happens, but your statement that if Satan can't destroy you, which is what he wants to do, he will try to distract you, yeah. bro. I mean, well, it's true because it's true in my life. It's true in everybody, and <laughs> and I feel like our culture, man, it is it is like uh, Satan's greatest ally. It is, we live in such a distracting time. Mm-hmm. I mean, from anything, from our phones to just, you name it. Um, you you could be in his word, reading Proverbs, having a, a pure mind, pure mind, pure mind. Okay, I'm just going to kick back. I've had a long day. I'm going to relax. I, I've, I have the right to, to watch our TV. I just spent an hour reading about pure mind, turn on the TV, whoop. All of a sudden, I don't need to be looking at this. Yeah. There are distractions everywhere. That's why I watch the Smithsonian Channel and the Chosen, and I watch the Andy Griffith Show. You are so spiritual. You know my <laughs> no, son-in-law? I do those things because I'm not spiritual. <laughs> my, my son-in-law was in his 20s, and his favorite show is Andy Griffith Show. It's great, man. It's, it's the greatest it show is. of all time. It is. But I was sitting there, and I don't know if it was Friday night or Saturday night, that I was watching that Smithsonian Channel, and that it, it, it wasn't Yosemite. It was... Uh, it was Yellowstone. It was Yellowstone National Park is where that was taking place. I said the wrong national park. But, man, when I was watching that, I was like, this is so what I'm preaching on, mm-hmm. that we just get, you know, tangled up or we just get distracted or we kind of – and when that duck got over there to the side and that bobcat's on the edge, coming. I knew this thing, this is going down. And there's nothing like a good prowl and a good attack like that. That's you know? right. Nothing yeah. like it. <laughs> so, but you, you know, the series is called make it personal, your question to us. And, and again, it was very personal. I hopefully people thought about this. You and I just shared some vulnerability, but, um, you didn't say what stands between the church and total commitment. You said what stands between you and total commitment, total sellout yeah. for God's kingdom agenda. I heard this on the news last night and it, it was actually Geraldo Rivera said it to quote the great, <laughs> your favorite. Right. Yeah. He said this, you are only as happy as your happiest, or I'm sorry, you're only as happy as your most unhappy child. Yeah. And if you put that in church perspective, mm. the church is in many times as strong sometimes as the weakest member. And I know that, you know, strength overcomes by, by you got strong members, but if you've got someone in the congregation that's not pulling their weight, man, they're, it's, it's holding the, the, the whole entirety of the church back, even a church our size there. If just imagine what it would look like if every member was as committed as our most committed members. Be unstoppable. Oh my goodness. We're changing the world. Kannapolis. There wouldn't be an unevangelized right. person in the city, mm-hmm. Concord, China Grove, Landis, Mount Pleasant, wherever, all of these areas around us. Yep. Rockwell. Rockwell. Don't, don't get forget Rockwell, about baby. Rockwell. And uh, man, if everybody was just as lit up about 
serving the Lord. And I wouldn't even say that sometimes it's not even the staff as being the most, yeah, for sure. uh, you know, uh, best example with that. There, there are other people in our church that are just, they're just on fire. You know, I was thinking about just driving here and again, please don't at me. If you don't like this email, pastor Marty. <laughs> um, but you know, I was thinking about this message and trying to make it personal. What are some of the things maybe I'm on a, you know, desert Island by myself. I doubt it. But one of the things holding back, I would, I was just thinking probably if I'm being completely vulnerable, personal ministry. Mm-hmm. Because it's easy for those in vocational ministry to say, man, I accomplished so much through the week for God's kingdom that when I'm on my own time, you know, you said all the time, don't look back. It's 100% commitment. So I would say that probably, like, if I'm at the gym, I have the same Holy Spirit as any congregant living in me. And when that Holy Spirit tugs me to speak to somebody— I don't, I'm not off the hook just yeah. because we're doing God's work here mm-hmm. during the week. Right. I, I have the same obligation to step when he speaks as anybody else. That is so true. So the first thing that I brought out as far as like the passage that we were looking at with the sitting out of the 72 was that personal ministry is often birthed out of a compassionate heart. Mm-hmm. And for many of us as Christians, I think this is the missing component is a is a compassionate heart toward the unchurched, the unsaved, the hurting. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, and I, and I shared this a little bit Sunday toward the end of the message. Right now, I am extremely lit up about foster, mm-hmm. foster families. I've watched multiple videos this week and looked at multiple ministries and just seeing the need and how churches are meeting that need. And Tom, let me just tell you, buddy, anybody who has entered into foster ministry, foster care as a family, you can't do that without a compassionate heart. No, that's right. Yeah. That there, there takes a level of compassion that to do that. And then, so whether I would ever foster a child personally, Tracy and me, I don't know, but I do know this. That families who do, they, they need, need they, they need people yeah. who have compassion for them mm-hmm. because of the commitment that they've made. Amen. And that's where that's where ministry begins. And so I would just encourage anybody listening, where is your compassion? When Jesus looked at the crowds, he was moved with compassion and it caused him to do something about it. And well, we, I just think that, you know, as Christians, we're called to live lives that look like Jesus. And, and I don't know if you can think of a, a better word than that one, just as a broad brushstroke of what marked his life. If our lives are supposed to reflect Jesus, Jesus's life was marked by compassion. Without a doubt. So, but that makes it easier when, again, back to personal conviction. So if I'm, quote, off the clock, and I mean, I you know, you, mean. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. If I'm off the clock, if I genuinely have compassion for people, then you're going to step mm-hmm. when you feel that nudging. Yeah. You're going to view people. Compassion really breaks down all of our barriers. It'll break down any kind of social barrier that you might have with people. It, it, it will, compassion will break down any racial tension that you have with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Any social issue that you've got going on, if you genuinely view that person as a human being that Christ 
thought of when he was hanging on that cross. Right. It it just removes any excuse that we have. Wow. That's so true. That is so true. And you know, the uh the need the need is it, it is so great. And I can look at statistics, I can spew out st- statistics. Statistics mean nothing until you put a face to them. So right? Good. Yep. They what, mean nothing. What's the old saying that um a million deaths is just a statistic. One is a tragedy. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, because you have that face. Yeah, I mean, we hear right. about the the horrific things of the Holocaust and all those things, yeah. and it's so easy to be like, "Man, that's a horrible statistic." Right. But you hear about the person down the street, yeah. you associate a face. So. Oh yeah, and you know the this whole thing with even drug problem that we've got and this fentanyl. Uh, overdosing and things like that. I've I've heard people go, they need to stop the 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 EMS and the the first responders need to stop using that Narcan on air on a multiple times. I'm going, you say that until it's your child. Yeah, if that was your family, your you wouldn't one, say that. you wouldn't say that again. You'd say use it a hundred times. That's right, because it makes a difference when it is somebody that you feel strongly about, and it is that. Remember the old the old story about. The uh, little kid that was walking up and down the beach, and he's throwing all the starfish back into the ocean. Right. And his dad said, what are you doing? He says, I'm throwing all the starfish back in the ocean so they'll live. He says, look, there's thousands of them. You'll never, mm-hmm. you'll never be able to save them all. He goes, but I saved that one. Amen. But I saved that one. That's right. But I saved that one. And that's really what ministry is all about. Mm-hmm. It's looking at the one in front of you, looking at the person in front of you, and just asking yourself, what is it that God wants me to do? in order to be a part of his story in this person's life. And, and, and it, it, it's feeling compassion toward them. And, uh, man, we didn't even get through this entire message. but No, but let's go to the next one because I think it, you did make it very personal in this one when it said prayer because you used when G, you said, Jesus said the, that the, the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. Mm-hmm. Therefore, pray. And, and I love what you said. Many times we pray, God, send somebody, send somebody, send somebody. And you said the whole time he's saying, yeah, you. I'm sending you. I'm sending you. <laughs> and I told you that the whole time you're preaching, I'm thinking of the Matthew West song, Do Something. Yeah. And that's yeah. the whole gist of the song. Uh, God, why won't you do something? He said, I did. I created you. Mm. But you, you, I love the way you worded it. If we pray and we pray with that in mind, God, Send me, yeah. Use me. You asked how, what kind of impact would we make? I just encourage people to read through the first few chapters of Acts. You'll see what oh, kind of yeah. impact, right? So you had those guys. You had the very beginning. Then you move forward a little bit. Peter preaches. People respond. Go to give their lives to Christ. There's three thousand. But what does that mean? There was enough to count, right? Yeah. There was a yeah. small enough crowd they could count. Fast forward just a few chapters. And it says the multitudes. Mm-hmm. So now you're getting into, uh, there's too many people let's to estimate. count. Yeah, let's estimate how many. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, by the time you get to chapter 7, it says all of Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the same way it would work today. And by the ending of Acts, they believe that all of Asia, Asia Minor. Had been reached. Had, re- had been reached Man. with the gospel. Yeah. So listen, this is a, a, a series that I'm very passionate about. I'm excited about it. Uh, this next week, listen, Tom, it is Daylight Savings Time Begins. Does this mean we get an extra hour or less? Oh, you lose one. Oh, and listen, boy. here's the deal. I need, I need extra prayer this week. Okay. I'm leaving this evening to fly down to Louisiana 
I'm doing a funeral on Saturday morning, and I'm flying back Saturday evening. My flight lands in Charlotte at midnight, okay? I lose an hour after that. So it's like, so it's like you're landing at 1. 1 o'clock in the morning, and then i got to drive home to China Grove and try so to get some sleep. 2 o'clock, and then you typically wake up at 5 on Sundays not anyway. Any, not this week. All right, so what he's saying, people, is this. <laughs> if I can make it, if, say it. Yeah, if he can make it, we can all make it, and we need to make it because he's going to be preaching to us while he's completely delirious. <laughs> I'm going to be so jacked up on coffee oh, man. at that point. But I am excited about the message this week. It's it's basically about pivotal circumstances mm. that we all have these moments in time that change the trajectory of our lives. So this past week was personal ministry. Yeah. This week is pivotal circumstances. It's pivotal circumstances. Good. So Lord willing, we'll all be here. Pray that my American Airlines flight lands on time or maybe even 10 minutes early would be great. You know? In the name of Jesus. That's it. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.